So we're here right beside a potentially a thousand year old tree. Just finished a trail run, something we like to do every Sunday. And yeah, I, I'm always so excited to introduce you to people, Melissa, because I really believe in what you're doing. I really believe that movement in groups with music, I, I just think it's it's a different modality of connection that can really, you know, improve people's health span. And yeah, we've been on this four month journey at the time of this recording. We are officially partners. <laughs> Is that conf confirmation? We are partners. In <laughs> partners in crime. <laughs> and I'd love for you to begin just by introducing us to your work and bringing seniors together and helping them prevent their falls and yeah with home stretch cool thank you thank you for having me on this special podcast <laughs> um yeah where do i begin i have always had a passion for working with seniors um or should i say 55 plus is the age group um, I started volunteering in a retirement home at a younger age when I was in elementary school and um, I really didn't want to leave after the time was done to finish our volunteer hours um, so that what, what was, was so special about the retirement home I think it could have been a mix I lived far away from my grandparents okay. so I liked spending time with older folks and uh, especially just the joy that they had seeing younger, vibrant mm. energy come in. I think that I knew that that was positively impacting them yeah. and it, uh, it intrigued me. Yeah, the, the impact of a youthful energy in the room it's it's so real it's mm -hmm. so contagious right and that's yeah. what attracts me to you so much is that and when we come together we have this amplified vibrancy that yeah. we spread to everyone around us right yeah and each other yeah yeah we feed off of it <laughs> so you didn't want to leave this retirement home and then you eventually came to vancouver and said hey i want to start this business of helping seniors yeah yeah, um, it started off out here when I got my personal training certificate and I wasn't quite ready to join a gym and be a trainer in the gym because it just wasn't the scene that I wanted to help out. It wasn't the demographic. Mm -hmm. I wanted to help out those that were a little less able or less active. Um, to kind of guide them and show them the way to healthy living and promote the benefits of daily physical activity. Yeah, just want to emphasize this. It's It can be a lot more fun to work with people who are really motivated mm -hmm. and who already understand the importance of health. Yeah. And for me, it's the importance of sobriety and, and getting high on life. But really, the people who need to hear my message the most and the people whose lives I can really change are the people who have no interest yeah. in, in dancing and playing games and hugging 
other humans without drugs or alcohol. And so I honor you for, for you know, choosing that demographic yeah. because a lot of people just work with the, the what are they called? The, the fish that are easy to fish. Right. What, what's the saying? <laughs> I have no idea, but I know oh, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bigger fish to catch. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, exactly. I was kind of, I was along the thought process of, you know, people that are already working out, they're on a good track. They've brought themselves in there and they can get trainers to focus on specific um, muscle groups and, and ways of training. Mm-hmm. But with my educational background in kinesiology and um, studying social connection in school, I, I wanted to target two main groups and that was a no-brainer for me. It was pretty natural. I wanted to work with people that were in the rehab phase of injuries, Mm. um, which is a very big part of the senior lifestyle. They get injured, they go in for a surgery or a replacement, and then they're sent home, and they don't follow up on their exercises. They just, that group doesn't have the motivation to follow through on their plans. And, and a common, a common thought for them is, you know, I'm old, so it doesn't really matter. Like I'm old anyways, why would I work out? Yeah. Really want to emphasize two things. First, the power of doing, doing habits as a community, doing habits together with a coach versus going solo. We cannot deny that we're wired to try to find belonging and so there's this massive benefit and motivational boost our ability to change increases a lot in community and with a coach Um, the other thing I want to emphasize is when this is my hypothesis and this is based on some of the research I've done on longevity once you get injured and your ability to do strength training is compromised, it becomes a chain reaction of uh, your body's degradation. Because once you lose lean muscle mass, you lose the ability to exercise safely because your muscles are what keep you stable, prevents falls, and so what happens is um, seniors, and you can correct me, you're the expert, seniors don't do strength training and their muscles slowly degrade and then they get injured and they can no longer do the activities that were preserving the muscles. So I really think it's important for everyone to do strength training to prevent injury, not just to look sexy and feel confident and feel, you know, high energy. Right there. Yeah. Right there. Um, on that topic, I would love to add that as early as age 35, we begin the process of sarcopenia. And that is the gradual loss of muscle mass. So as early as 35. So yeah, exactly. It's not that important to strength train, to look a certain way. It's, It's for your health. It's not only for longevity, it's for 
even just preventing that natural degradation and loss of about 10% muscle mass every two years as we grow older. Um, and then of course, yeah, you're, you're right on it. It's such a pattern. It's, it, one follows the other. Once yeah. you get down that path of, of weakening and frailty, you're down that path of, of just being way more susceptible to injury, falls, and uh, loneliness, isolation, mm. whatever it might be, being stuck in the house because you can't, you don't feel confident enough to walk around the block. Um, which, which really this all comes together and explains why I like to work um, in the community and in the connection area with seniors because it brings, it's not only exercises for, for strength training, essentially it's exercising to keep seniors moving, daily movement. They get afraid and they get turned off by the idea of anything around the word strength training yeah. or muscle mass. They don't really want to think about that. It's you got to ease into it. And yeah. I, I found this approach pretty early on, luckily, with working with this population. that You have to take a very easy approach and you have to make it enjoyable enjoyable mm, is is the mm. key for sure well that's that's the the secret to life to the secret to really making our habits stick mm -hmm. is to either join them with a reward that's enjoyable or do it with other people who make it enjoyable like we work out at the gym it's so much fun yeah um yeah. And the reason why I've been able to do strength training for so long is uh, I have all my friends at the gym and I, I, I really enjoy progress as well. Yeah. I really want to highlight what you said, movement versus exercise. And the irony of the fitness industry is that mm -hmm. you can go to the gym and then you can sit for the rest of the day and you're going to obliterate all your health benefits from going to the gym. So really a lot of people are just going to the gym, not for health, but for looks. Because if they were really focused on health, they would get a standing desk yes. or go for walks yeah, walk daily. or um, drive less and bike. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, movement, and this is what they've shown in the blue zones, the centenarian right. hotspots is people walk. And it's not that they're trying to walk. Their life just involves movement. They're mm -hmm. like carrying around sacks of potatoes yeah. and stuff, you yeah. know, like what they do in rural villages, oh, that I sort of stuff. That. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've... I want to come to our first question. And it's about what you're really proud of in terms of the, the people you brought together, whether that's in your business or whether that was when you were an ambassador at university, but what's something that you did for a group of people that you were really, really proud of? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind would be when I was in university 
and I was taking a, a kinesiology class called exercise for specific populations. And that was initially when I gained an interest in working with seniors, as well as other specific populations like uh, pregnant women. And I took a fond liking to that population uh, so much is that I coordinated and facilitated a group on campus for young moms that were either postnatal or prenatal. Um, and we'd get together as a group and walk along the university track on weekends and throughout the week, some evening nights uh, with the strollers. And I put together some exercise programs uh, for them to exercise while walking their, their babies or just walking themselves with their pregnant stomachs. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was really enjoyable and it definitely fueled my um, my passion for getting groups together and and exercising and having some movement classes mm -hmm. yeah that was great and uh, was there anything you did with that group that really brought the group together um, it was mainly just, I, I created a forum and a space where these mothers could talk. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty niche. It was, it was specific. It was yeah. younger mothers, right? Like women that were in university and didn't, I mean, not, I can't speak for all of them, but most of them hadn't planned on the, these pregnancies and you feel isolated and alone when you're young like that and trying to finish a degree and uh, it was a very specific population that I was able to coordinate and make a group of and allow them to have a, a chat forum and get together on their own time in their mm, own spaces yeah. and, and have some connection with others that understood what they were going through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is uh, when a group has such a shared purpose and so many commonalities you don't really have to do much to to create mm -hmm. a strong sense of community in the narrower the community the less work you have to do right, right. like you know uh, extreme paragliders don't need mm -hmm. to do authentic you know connection exercises with each other like they're they're yeah. They they appreciate each other. Yeah. So let's let's jump into joy, science of joy, mm -hmm. and whether the, in your work with seniors or in your work on campus, um, is there anything that you love to do to evoke that sense of joy in a group of people to to bring them together? Um, yeah, well, this is a little bit newer for me and actually uh, newer since we've met, thanks to you. But um, you evoked the idea of, of social gatherings and connection and really enhancing the joy in a, in a social space. And so I was already visiting retirement homes and uh, giving group exercise classes and movement mornings, uh, neighborhood walks. And so I came up, well, you helped me with the idea of doing Social Fit, which was essentially a program 
uh, that I'm delivering to senior centers, community centers, um, senior spaces and retirement homes uh, to build the social connection within the, the area, the space, and uh, with the in involvement of movement. Mm. So how, how do you do that? Yeah, um, playing games, moving, and uh, getting people to choose a partner and starting with introductions as light as that is and then light movements uh, like group stretches and <laughs> putting someone in the middle of the circle and allowing them to guide and lead the, the stretch yeah. and each taking turns and then we move on to uh, fun activities and games that get them moving. Moving. What's one that's really worked for the group? Um, a favorite has definitely been musical chairs. Oh, yes. so simple. Yeah, yeah I know, Look, right? And you're working with, you know, an average age of <laughs> six, 60, 70, 80, oh, right? Oh, we're older, yeah, 75, And they're say. doing musical chairs and enjoying it. Loving it, yeah. And, and I think this demonstrates that you know when you get to a certain age you just don't really care anymore oh they don't care <laughs> when you're retired and you have like all the money you know <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite things about working with yeah. the seniors is they do not care <laughs> they are at that point in life where they don't care what they say or what they look like they are just at that point do you have an example <laughs> um, PG thirteen example. Yeah, I don't know. They uh, they speak their minds. Yeah. Whether it's calling someone out. Yeah. Oh yeah, they can get feisty. Oh, wow. Yeah, if if someone isn't doing the stretches or participating, wow. Gloria in the corner is gonna shout her out and <laughs> call them out. That's funny. <laughs> wow, musical chairs. So. Uh, the, the, the simple game of musical chairs or do you change it up or what? Um, I don't know. I don't remember what's like the conventional way of musical chairs, but it could be this way. Yeah, we um, I have the chairs in a circle yeah. and there's one or two less chairs and there are people. Okay. And I make them dance around in the circle and move around and um we're dancing we're dancing for a while i'm making sure they're dancing more than they're sitting yeah <laughs> and then of course i i stop the music and they have to shuffle into their chairs and try not to yeah. push anybody out of the way i love the game it's surprising to me that i haven't played it in a while one thing that it incorporates is platonic touch mm. like people are touching yeah. each other and they're sitting on the same chair right. and it's like this kind of safe game to play where you know people aren't going to like you know another thing I do is the good old hugging meditation and uh, that is a little more sensitive for people especially in a corporate setting um, yeah. so let's talk let's go down a level and talk about you and your relationships and your friendships and your approach to connecting with people on a one-on-one -on -one level yeah is there anything that any advice you have for people who want to bring more joy into those one-on-one -on -one connections with each other? So you've met me at one of my most, uh, one of my highest in terms of self-growth and um, joyful energy. 
so it's it hasn't always been this amazing and this positive but I have and it's all because of me right <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, we'll tell that we'll say that for now we'll take that story <laughs> um yeah I've always been told that I have a very I'm I'm good at being positive in in a lot of maybe dark scenarios or difficult situations um so just overall having a positive mindset when you are meeting people for the first time and giving people the benefit of the doubt um so it's it's more like a positive mindset toward them yeah or are you talking about your personal mindset too both both i'm speaking in terms of meeting somebody for the first time or forming new connections mm-hmm. um, I'm a firm believer in people will reflect the way you kind of treat them or the yeah. aura you give off will be projected mm-hmm. in, in a lot of cases so if you show up with a gleaming smile and high energy and a positive outlook and energy um, people are gonna see that and they're gonna want to feel the same it's mm-hmm. it's just it's contagious it's like when we smile at each other and we automatically smile back um, so mm. I think that's been really helpful um, another you want first you want to share the story of one of your interactions where we were attending a party and you were really positive towards someone and they pretty much just shut you down. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, what was that like? Um, yeah, happened? so I am, I would say I'm a girl's girl and that <laughs> means I am very much, like when I'm meeting new women or it, when I'm in a space with other women or, or guys too, uh, that I notice they're not comfortable or, or they're new to the area or they aren't necessarily feeling involved. I will do what I can to involve them and and bring them into the circle and make mm-hmm. them feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is like that and that's what I've learned. And essentially, yeah, I was at this party not too long ago with you and um I, I didn't know anybody there besides you and you know I like that kind of a setting it challenges me a lot um and so I I asked somebody um a question about it was pretty specific I just kind of said like how's your business going just to form a conversation and have someone in the room to to speak about or speak with and you know maybe it triggered her it wasn't the right topic to discuss at the party apparently and she did not want to talk about her business while she was out and she she said that and she had opportunity to to shut me down and then reopen the conversation by asking me a question back um but she didn't and you know it's mindset I think it's she she had no interest in giving me the time of day and that was kind of that really I Mm -hmm. I can't expect 
um, everybody to want to be my friend and discuss, I guess. Yeah, you can have positive thoughts about people you're interacting with and you can have a lot of positivity within you. And there are some people who do the exact opposite of what most people do. Most people will feel the contagious positivity and will reciprocate the friendliness. But mm-hmm. some people, like in my experience, they they are threatened and they think I'm fake and they think I'm just putting on a front. And so uh, they're the opposite back yeah. to me. And yeah. so it's very nuanced, right? Yeah. It could be... It could be their own insecurities or maybe, well, actually I've heard and read this, that when you make judgments or don't want to um, necessarily interact or accept somebody's choice of words or actions, then chances are you're suppressing your ability to do that or you're envious or you wish that you could be that socially outgoing and that Mm -hmm. bold Mm -hmm. in a scenario like that or show up into a party a a room full of people that have known each other for years and have the audacity to just show up with a a kind and open heart and positive spirit and energy and maybe that was triggering or (laughs) difficult for them to understand yeah yeah we, we don't know what's going on in people's inner world, past and present. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming back to the meditation practice I advocate for, right, non-dual, non-duality, like people's behavior in the moment have a complexity of causes in the past. And oftentimes things are just, and this is the definition of the ego. The ego is just past conditioning coming up in the present and people aren't choosing how to behave. They're just following the the train tracks of the ego, right? Social conformity. That is part of it as well, right? Because a lot of past conditioning makes people socially conformist. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the the past conditioning that people have results in them being triggered in them responding in certain ways to us and it's it's really just their complex biology and psychology and we don't you know every principle that i talk about like there's some person with unique life experiences who will respond the exact opposite right to give you an example we were at my dad's party last night and we were all jamming together with this musician and we all have percussion instruments and everyone's just having a great time we got this weird like frog Frog. wooden frog (laughs) and uh he's singing along and everyone's having so much fun and so i start singing along with him and it made him really upset He was really upset. He found it disrespectful that I was messing up his performance. He didn't want to perform anymore. And to me, it was just, it was just like, 
take a breather, yeah, man. Don't be so fun. serious. And this is this is this is what I witness a lot is people are so obsessed with looking good, sounding good, mm-hmm. um, you know, d- 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 dancing good. Yeah. It's <laughs> like suddenly they've lost the reason why they're on this earth to find joy and lightheartedness and and lack of self-consciousness in what they're doing yeah and so it's so jokes to me that people are just so serious about these things i you know me i'm such an advocate for (laughs) lightheartedness people get triggered really easily these days yeah you gotta be careful yeah 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 (laughs) so i want to talk about personal joy now so let's Mm. Say when you're alone, when we're not together, when you're not with your friends, what do you do to cultivate that personal joy? Hmm. Or what advice do you have for people? Um, advice that has helped me a lot has been to dedicate time to yourself and make a priority of it. And it's something that keeps me at my best and for you and for myself. like. I prioritize my alone time and um, the space that I'm in while I'm alone, whether it's, you know, I don't know, gym, going to the gym is amazing, but I don't consider that my alone time. I consider my alone time things like going for a bike ride or going for a walk in nature alone, Um, cooking cooking I like to cook alone and maybe put on a podcast or do it in silence Um, but having that time and space when you're just with yourself teaches you how you can just live and and nourish yourself and at the end of the day if if your boyfriend broke up with you or you live far away from your family, or you're going through some traumas, whatever it might be, no one else is going through what you're going through. So you have to be your advocate. Mm. And you have to be the one to pick yourself up and to take yourself out on these dates or these walks when you don't feel like being alone. Because yeah, you are the only person you have at the end of the day. It's kind of, it can be seen in in a dark light, but that's the truth. It's the um, inconvenient truth. Hmm. Um, That keeps me pretty joyful and it keeps me clear as well as of course journaling and um, once things are put on paper, they come to life like I was just reading out this morning over a year ago after a therapy session my therapist told me to write down around 10 or so points 10 qualities in a partner that I would like to be with um and I I somehow found that note a couple days ago and I just I was (laughs) in a bit of shock but not really because Jacques like met all of these qualities Woo-hoo. So, <laughs> we had fun reading those this morning 
class clown was one of them. <laughs> I want to highlight what you said about alone time. Mm-hmm. And how I look at it is when I reduce the amount of dopamine and novelty in my life, it makes me so much more excited and energized by the mm-hmm. presence of others. So the absence of connection fills, gives me this eagerness for more connection. And I'm, I'm excited. I feel it. Yeah. Versus if you just have this, it's like, I wrote this article, living life like dynamite versus a candle. If you just have this slow drip of dopamine through connection, through TikTok, through whatever, like your dopamine never really fully restores so you don't get those peaks of dopamine anymore so the peaks of dopamine are like the dynamite and the candle is just this like slow drip like mediocre life versus like explosive peaks and troughs oh yeah which i'm more of an advocate for and so journaling tell us how you journal uh well since breaking my finger i've been recording myself uh, I just record myself sitting on my balcony or on walks and uh, what's the content about the content it's all you <laughs> it's all about our relationship only partially kidding <laughs> um, the content is essentially whatever I'm going through yeah. I treat my journaling time as, as therapy yeah. it's like I'm speaking because when I was paying for therapy, I was uh, essentially talking for 50 minutes and she was listening. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm not getting much advice from this. Um, <laughs> and I can figure this out on my own. And that's when I began journaling. It's, wow. I, I'm really uh, regular with it. I, I prefer to write things down as if I'm actually telling a story. Ah, yeah. telling a story. Yeah, I'm um, as if somebody's reading what is going on through my life. Ah, uh, yeah. I find my life is interesting enough that it's story worthy and and worthy of somebody to read. So, I tell the story of of how my day goes or how I'm feeling and how emotions come up in my life and and. Um, people come in and out whatever mm-hmm. it might be lots lots mm-hmm. to reflect on though it's mm-hmm. mainly my relationships with with others and then the reflecting part is how I could have done better in mm-hmm. these in these interactions or yeah. uh, how I'm proud of myself or grateful um, yeah gratitude is really important to me yeah yeah, the, the gratitude practice has, has really good data behind it. Just uh, counting our blessings, taking time each day to count your blessings, to really, really visualize them and mentally note them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, journaling is my highest recommendation for ongoing self-development for people. Um, yeah, there's really no learning without reflection. Like if you don't realize you learned something, then it just fades away. Right. Yeah. So reflection is the piece where it identifies what you've learned and then it's concrete and then you can like practice it or document it. Yeah, I'm um, 
even through school, I I can't remember things very well, <laughs> so I have to write them down and writing them down gives that kind of that brain to motor circuitry that yeah. that actually allows it to connect and stick in your brain for a little longer. So, yeah, if you if you learn that way and you remember things that way better, then writing down in a journal is so good. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think we'll publish this one? This podcast? Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs>